0: It's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Today I'm talking about seven big ideas that I'm going to reference to conscious life mastery, which I'm calling this episode, not because I am a master by any means, but because I study a lot. (laughs) And I really think that at the heart of what I do is I help people consciously create in their life and business. That's the name of the Conscious Coach Podcast. And today I'm going to be sharing, like I said, seven ideas that have really changed my life and seven ideas that I help my clients with. And so I thought it would be useful to create an episode about it. And of course, I'm going to be referencing books that I've read so you can take the study deeper because books are one of my life hacks. I really think it's helped me in so many different ways to read and to get new perspectives and perceptions about the world and what's possible. And I think it's just a really useful thing to do is read different books. And so I reference them a lot because even though I love, you know, my mentors and coaches, a lot of times they help point me in the direction of new ideas in the form of the books that they read. So I want to do the same for you. So the number one is to know what you want. And if that sounds too simple, it is that simple. And yet, I think it's one of the things people struggle with the most is people don't have the clarity about what they want. I really believe that to live a conscious life. It means you have to know what kind of life you want to live. I made a post on social media about the default mode that most people live their life on. And default to me is like without consciousness, right? So it's just what you've chosen or subconsciously chosen to live without spending time asking yourself, is this really what I want? You know, I think a lot of people choose careers and where they live and the size of their family or what they do for a living, how they think based on default beliefs. Maybe it's from their parents, maybe it's from their school system or, you know, their religion or their community. I think there's so many different places that we get thoughts from. And some are good. It's not like it's bad to be influenced by others. But I think without trying on thoughts, we never really decide what we want to think. And I think what we want comes from our thinking. And I think for a lot of people, we just kind of accept – I know this was me before I found entrepreneurship. I just accepted kind of what I was handed and not really question – what I really want, the kind of lifestyle, the kind of life, what I do for work, how much money I make—all the things—I didn't do it consciously. I did it by default. And so, knowing what you want, it takes conscious effort. And so, if you get stuck here, I wanted to offer some of my ideas because I really think clarity is power. If you don't know what you want, start with what you don't want. Dan Coe calls this an anti-vision, and I think this is really useful. Speaking of which, that's book recommendation number one. And he calls it *The Art of Focus*. That's his book. I highly, highly recommend it. Dan Coe, Ko, K-O-E. The Art of Focus. Check it out. Talks about the anti-vision. And so you might start with, I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to work at a job I hate. I don't want this kind of relationship. I don't want to blank. The anti-vision is the things that you don't want. And ironically, it's easier for people to say what they don't want. And so if you have a hard time saying what you do want with clarity and specificity, start with what you don't want and then turn it into the opposite, right? If you don't want to be in debt, You want to have money in the bank account. If you don't want to have zero clients, that means you want to have clients. If you don't want to be overweight, means you want to be fit, right? It helps you get the picture. And I think for a lot of people, it's a safe place to start clarifying what they want is starting with their anti-vision. The thing that I'll also say is that I really believe that contrast creates clarity. So I always pay attention to the things that I'm experiencing, aka creating, that I don't want because I really feel like it's giving me the perspective I need to know with preciseness what I do want. So when I started my business, I think I've talked about this before, me and my husband had dropped out of our master's programs and had student loans due with a very young family. And even though it was scary then, I'm really grateful for it. How tight our finances were helped me get the clarity that I wanted to have abundant financial resources. I would have never known that about myself, even though it was always there (laughs) for another day if I didn't experience that tightness, that lack. And I also found truly one of my great loves is learning, studying wealth consciousness and teaching prosperity consciousness. And I would have never found that if I didn't have the student loans become due and the strain on our financial resources, like I really would have not be here if that didn't happen. And so I find a lot of value in contemplating and thinking about the contrast in my life. So contrast is a very gentle word for like trials or tribulation. Contrast are the things that we don't necessarily want, but it helps us refine and clarify the vision of what we do want. And being honest with ourselves, I think, is a really important piece of that. You have to be honest with what you really, really want. The other thing that I think helps you know what you want is to read more inspiring books, which I mentioned at the beginning. I'm gonna reference a lot of books because I would have never known truly, like what I do for a living was possible, until I read the book, The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler, or Rich as F by Amanda Francis. I'm thinking of other books that I read that really changed my life on what was possible. Super Attractor* by Gabby Bernstein, $100 Million Offers by Alex Hermosi. Like these people talk about things in a way that really expanded my mind about what's possible, about how much money I can make, about the kinds of things I can do for work. Those people blew my mind wide open. As well as listening to podcasts, you know, one of the first self-help podcasts I listened to was Tony Robbins. I guess it was on YouTube. And then I found Brooke Castillo and Brennan Burchard and Mel Robbins. And it just like changed how I thought about myself and the career that I wanted. And so I think expanding your mind in the form of education, specifically self-education, I really, really believe in self-education because, you know, I think in the school system, I'm not anti-school at all but I was taught what they thought was important for me. And what's interesting is, an adult now, where I'm always broadening my education, I read multiple books a week. Not because I have to, but because I love it, right? And so I'm constantly expanding my mind. I'm constantly challenging my thinking. I see new possibilities. I believe in new possibilities. It allows me to coach my clients more powerfully because I don't believe their limiting beliefs, right? And I see things more expansively than I used to because I read and because I educate myself according to what I find curious. And I really trust my intuition on this. People ask me sometimes, how do you find all these books? And I joke that they find me. And even though I laugh when I say it, that is very true. I pay attention to the little pings I get in my body when I hear a book title. And I also don't make myself finish books. I pay attention to the books that really capture my attention. And a lot of the books that I read, I actually reread over and over again. Books like A Return to Love, Conversations with God, Happier Than God, You Too Can Be Prosperous by Robert Russell. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Those are some of the books that I read over and over again because I am a student of it. Another book that I've read over and over again is The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. Very, very good. And, oh, The Complete Works of Florence Chen, namely The Game of Life and How to Play It. Those books are books that I read over and over again because every time I read it, it expands my mind. And so it's not just reading one book one time. I really feel like studying people who can lead you to where you want to go. And this is the other thing is we all want the same thing. So knowing what you want, I could tell you what you want. You want more money. You want more time to do the things that you love. You want better relationships, more depth, more meaning, more power, more passion in those relationships. You want to be happier. You want more freedom to choose what you want to do. All humans want the same thing. Now, the details of those desires might vary from person to person. But in general, the things that I just mentioned, people want. And so I can assume that about most people, they at least want one of those things, right? More time, more money, more freedom, better relationships, better quality of life, better mental health, better happiness. That's what people want. And so getting the clarity about what those things mean to you, I like spending time on Pinterest and looking at pictures of things I want, I like social media for this reason too. I use social media as a tool. I don't really get into the compare and despair on social media because I see it as almost like an inspiring playground. Like there's people that are doing things that I would love to do one day. There's people that are teaching things that I want to teach. There's people that are writing books and hosting podcasts and creating communities that I want to create. And so I see it as an opportunity for myself to be expanded and inspired. So, number two is once you know what you want, right? If we're talking about conscious life mastery, we know what we want or we're getting clarity about what we want. And then number two is lining up your thoughts and words as if what you want is done. Neville Goddard has been my greatest teacher about this. He talks about the feeling of the wish fulfilled. I highly recommend his book, Awakened Imagination or The Power of Awareness. Both books are amazing. Also, just to reference my own podcast, Consciously Creating is a few episodes back. It's basically like thinking and speaking your desires into existence. You can scroll back in the podcast archives and find it. I think that is the most important work I do as a coach is helping people line up their thoughts and words with what they want as if it's done. How would you speak, think, and feel if what you want was already completed? If you had no worries about something coming into your life, whether that's money or clients or success or an opportunity, how would you speak about it? And this is about retraining your brain. Most of us have been taught to insert and infuse a lot of doubt into our dreams. So we say things like, if it's God's will, or we say things like, if all things go right, it'll work out that way, or I hope I'll get the part in the play, or I hope that I make it to the team. I hope I make $20,000 next month, right? Whatever it shows up like. I know for me, I used to breathe a lot of doubt into what I wanted, and I catch it in so many people because this is just how we talk as a society and as a culture. We put in our default, like our out well, if it doesn't work, I'll be okay. Either way, I'm going to be okay, right? But we don't realize when we say things like that, we're speaking it into existence. Instead of saying, when I get the part in the play or when I join the team or when I make 20K next month, we don't talk like that because we actually have doubts. And so the language we use is one of our greatest tools to indicate what we're really believing, what we're really thinking. And so I think it's so important to be conscious about the thoughts that we choose to think and the words we choose to speak To ourselves and to others. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that coaching is, is you get to speak what you want into existence with another human being who believes in you. And a good coach maybe believes in you more than you believe in you. I think it's really powerful. So I shared some of my favorite people. Neville Goddard was the big one. Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend is also another amazing book. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Those books really, really changed my life especially about making money, but just in general, being conscious about the words that you speak is really a practice worth learning and getting someone's mind on with you. This is why I am an advocate for getting a coach because coaches, like I said, if they're doing the work themselves, which they should be, they are constantly expanding their mind as well and they are taking you on that journey so that the way that you think and the way that you speak is in alignment or I say like lined up with where you want to go as if it's done. Number three is directly from one of the most profound books I've read on a personal level, which is The Gentle Art of Blessing by Pierre Pratervand. And I would say that The Gentle Art of Blessing as a way of life is genuinely how I live. And I'll explain more, but I think a lot of you live this way already. So the definition that I'm going to use in this episode of blessing is that you send your highest thoughts and most loving thoughts towards other people. So I'll give you an example. When me and my girls pass people who are working even if it's not like for me, right? Like the other day, me and my girls were driving to a store and we saw people working on the side of the road. And I just said out loud like, oh, that's so great that they're working to make our roads better. Thank you. And I sent that feeling of gratitude towards them in my mind. And it sounds cheesy, but this is genuinely what I do. And my girls repeated after me, they said, thank you, construction workers. And even though they're never gonna know that, I know that and I feel better. And so when you send away your highest loving most grand thoughts towards other people, I believe what some people call karma. I think of it as like the law of cause and effect, right? If I send out love and abundant thoughts towards other people, I know that that comes back to me. Like I said, cheesy, but it's true. And so when you think of the gentle art of blessing other people, I really think that that's part of conscious life mastery because I think people experience, this is just my hunch. I don't know if this is true or not, But I have this thought, and it serves me, is that people experience my thoughts about them. So if I have loving thoughts about them, they're going to experience it, even if it's a very subtle subconscious experience. So to my mind, I tend to my thoughts, and I choose to cultivate thoughts that I would want them to know. It's almost like if people could hear my thoughts out loud, what would I want them to hear? I would want them to hear me blessing them. And so that book, anyway, he goes into much more detail then I can, but I wanted to mention it because I think that that's part of Conscious Life Master is blessing people with your thoughts and words, both the conscious thoughts that you speak out loud and the thoughts that you think privately. I think people can experience them. And you can even try this on. Like, do you think you could guess what people think about you? And sometimes we're wrong. I don't think it's 100%, but in general, I think we have a good sense of what people think about us. And so thinking the highest thoughts of others, I believe is a really important practice to do. Number four is cultivate an abundant heart. I actually led a Voxer program quite a few months ago, maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. I don't remember now. That's so funny. Time is so weird. Called The Abundant Heart. And I got a lot of great feedback about that program. I think abundance is felt, not thought, right? It's experienced. It's conceived of, although it can start with a thought. I think what most people mean when they say they want more abundance, they want the experience of abundance. They don't want to intellectually know that they have money or that they have prosperity or financial resources. What they really mean is a feeling. And so led this program called The Abundant Heart because to me, abundance is felt both in my feet, like a groundedness, and like an opening in my heart. And like I said, I know all is cheesy, but I wanted to mention it because I think it's powerful to understand if you've been saying that you want more abundance or more money or more clients or more success, I think it's really important to understand that you have the ability to experience that right now. And through gratitude, which has been taught not just by me, but by so many teachers, spiritual messengers, gurus, like coaches, authors, so many different people point to gratitude. And it's because that's what abundance feels like. Abundance feels like you have more than what you need. You have more than enough. You're completely taken care of and you can tune into that into your life right now like you don't have to wait for anything to experience that right now that is mastery to me that anytime i choose i can tune into the fact that i have more than enough and i can be grateful for what i have my children my marriage my home my clients this computer that i'm staring at my phone the air i breathe clean water food in my fridge the car that's sitting in my garage working feet, working hands, eyes that see, like I could go on and on. So much so that if you do this right, I think you kind of tap into an emotional experience where you have so much to be grateful for. To me, that's what having an abundant heart means. And you can have an abundant heart when you have zero dollars in your bank account because you have your life, you have breath in your lungs. You're listening to this podcast episode right now. So that tells me you have at least access to internet. Like there's so many things that we forget that we have that makes our life and our resources more than enough right now. You are completely taken care of. Your brain will offer you reasons that you don't have enough or that you are lacking something. But I promise you aren't, not when you really think about it. You can have debt and things that you have to pay off. You can have hard health challenges, and I'm not discounting any of that. I'm asking you to tune into the abundance that already exists in your life. There will always be hard things in life, that's the duality, right? No one gets to leave this earth without going through something that difficult, whether that's loss, sickness, financial circumstances, right? Like there's so many things and like I mentioned in number 1, which is know what you want and let contrast create clarity for you. Contrast is an important part. Albert Einstein taught like the law of relativity. Relativity means that there's Sad and happy, cold and hot. I think it's an important part of our development in mortality. And we can't wish it away, but I've found this is a concept that I feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about because it makes me unrelatable in a lot of ways. But I've found that being grateful for even the contrast has enriched my life in ways that I can barely explain, because if you can be grateful for the hard times I can't just tell that to anyone, but I'm telling it to you guys because I think if you're going to listen to a podcast called The Conscious Coach Podcast, consciousness is something that you're working on. And if you can be conscious about even the contrast in your life as holding information and lessons and insight for your highest good, even things like loss, like I said, loss or sickness or hard times become a gift. And to me, having an abundant heart means remembering that, that everything is happening for me. This is for my own development, my soul's development, so much more than just my body and my mind. That's a powerful thing to know. It's an important stance, I think, to take on life. I really feel like it makes me unshakable in my faith and what I create in my life. Because when things are showing up for me, I accept it and bless it. I don't resist it. You've probably heard, what you resist persists. And when I've learned to embrace things that feel difficult, and this is the thing that, you know, I have a podcast episode called Unrelatable. This is why most people don't think this way. Most people curse or resent or complain about things when they don't go their way. And I am not perfect, but I do try to embrace it and learn from it and look at it. I don't resist it. And it's been a huge blessing, I know, to my own mental health my business, and my family, because I'm not trying to get rid of stuff I don't want. I'm embracing it and looking what's here for me. Another little prayer that I've offered last week where it's like, help me see this differently. Help me see this sickness differently. Help me see this financial situation differently. Help me see this relationship differently. Help me see this client differently. Help me see this social media person <laughs> differently. There's so many applications for this. And when you're willing to see something differently, you make room for the miracle, which is a shift in perception, says A Course in Miracles, which is another great book. To me, having abundant heart means being willing to see things differently and living in a state of awe and a state of gratitude, which is what everyone wants. When people say that they want more money, what they really want is the feeling of an abundant heart. Now, as you know, I teach both. <laughs> I want you to have both. I want you to have a rich bank account and a rich heart. I want you to have the consciousness of wealth, which means it's reflected on the internal and the external. I really think that that's what most people want, right? They want to have the money to be able to choose, the money for freedom, the money to do, you know, to experience life on their terms. Money is just a medium of exchange that we've chosen. But what everyone wants, for sure, is the feeling of overflow, the feeling of more than enough, which you can tune into literally right now. Okay. Help me see this differently. Lack and overflow. Check. (laughs) Moving on to number five, the thing that has, I think, impacted my life the most for conscious life mastery is the be-do-have paradigm. I first learned this from Jim Fortin. It was reinforced later by one of my business mentors, James Wedmore. His podcast is called Mind Your Business Podcast. I highly recommend if you are a entrepreneur or solopreneur, you listen to his stuff. I joined his program, Mind Your Business, years ago, and it's definitely blessed my life. The third person I heard this from is Neil Donald Walsh. He wrote the book, Conversations with God, as well as Happier Than God, which I also recommend. And the be, do, have paradigm blew my mind wide open because most of the people, and this is how I'll explain it, most people live in a have, I guess, have, do, be, right? They have it backwards. When I have wealth, I will do things that wealthy people do, and I will be wealthy. I mean, I for sure thought that. And what I've learned through studying so many different books and mentors and some of them I mentioned already, learning the be, do, have paradigm means that you are being the person, being prosperous, being abundant, being loving, being free, being awake, being energetic, being, you know, forgiveness. Whatever you want to be, you get to choose that regardless of circumstances. There's another podcast episode that I recommend. It's called Creator, Create Yourself that speaks to this a lot. And all of my podcasts, I guess, kind of speak to this principle, but specifically the be, do, have paradigm has changed my life because I don't ask, what do I need to do first? I ask, who do I need to be? And then the doing comes from the place of being. And I know that that sounds word salad-y, but once you get it, everything changes. And so another book that I really like is Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Another, I think, classic, if you are a coach or just like this stuff very, very powerful. Who do I want to be? Or another question that I ask myself is like, is this an expression of who I want to be? I've shared lots of stories of when this has changed my life. And in fact, I'm teaching this in the matrix. But when I ask myself, is this who I want to be? It's like a trigger. I wake up and it makes me more conscious, right? And you could apply this to literally anything. You're having an argument with your mother-in-law. Is this who I want to be? I've used this example like with my girls. It's like if they do something that I don't approve of or I'm upset about and I'm about to be angry, I ask myself, is this who I want to be? Do I want to be angry or do I want to be forgiving and loving? When a client asks for a refund, when someone says no on a consult, when you have a launch and no one buys, you get to ask yourself, who do I want to be? Do I want to be prosperous and generous and believing? Do I want to be someone of faith? Do I want to be someone who's optimistic? Or do I want to be pessimistic regardless of circumstances? That is how I know it's at the level of being because it has nothing to do with the external and everything to do with the internal. And that is always up to you. This is a very difficult way of living. It is not normal. Now, I think it's preferred. I think it's powerful, but it's not normal. Most people in life don't live this way, but I'm encouraging and inviting you to. If you're listening to a podcast like this, I think you already are in a lot of ways. Who do you want to be regardless of circumstances? How do you want to treat people regardless of how they treat you? What do you want to believe regardless of what your bank account looks like right now? What do you want to believe about your business, your clients, your potential, regardless of what happened last week or last month? That's where your power is, is in this moment, which leads me to number six, which is recreation. Recreate yourself recreate your past. I actually use this as a tool all the time. So one of the quotes from Conversations with God, which were so good, he says, the purpose of life is to create yourself anew in the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever you held about who you are. It is to announce and become, express and fulfill, experience and know your true self. When I think of recreating myself, It means from this moment. I don't look to my past. There's another great book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Great reference for this. You can be who you've always been, and you will be who you've always been, especially if you're not consciously choosing and recreating yourself in this moment. Other teachers that I think are powerful, because this is all about presence and being here now and choosing, you have a God-given ability to choose and to create But you have to be conscious. You have to be awake to use it. You can't be asleep. You can't be sleepwalking through life. That's one of the reasons that I chose the word conscious coach. It means awake. To be spiritually awake means that you know you are the creator of your life and your experience. Things aren't happening to you, things are happening because of you. You are the cause of your life, you are the cause of yourself. And in any given moment, you can choose to do something different, you can choose a new experience. You are not shackled to your past, no matter how much evidence you have that you are. And this is, the, I think, the gift that coaching has given to me, is helping me understand how powerful I am. And not in this, like, look at me, I'm so powerful. But that I am always creating myself and my reality and my experience of reality based on what I think, based on what I speak, and based on what I do. And so, to me, this has been the biggest gift is recognizing that at any moment, I can start over. At any moment, I can create myself. At any moment, I can decide what I want to be true about myself and my life because it's my experience that can change, right? I might not be able to instantly move houses today, but I can be grateful for the house. I can look for the beauty. I can look for the possibilities right now and experience them And I mentioned you can recreate your past. And so I briefly wanted to mention a tool that I got from Neville Goddard, another Neville nod. I love him. i study his books a lot. He talks about recreating something, especially when it didn't go as planned. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a son. I'll use a son since I don't have a son. I only have daughters. So let's say your son got mad today and he threw something at the wall. Let's say it was paint and it splattered All over your wall and in that moment you felt angry and you yelled at him and said what are you doing why are you ruining my house (laughs) or something like that right something crazy and you weren't being who you wanted to be and you felt bad about it later I think the tool of recreation would go something like this in your mind's eye in your imagination which is another God-given gift is your imagination you go back in time you think about your son throwing the paint at the wall insert whatever recently frustrated you (laughs) And you feel the anger rise in you. Remember, this is in your mind's eye or in your imagination. And you slow down like a movie, frame by frame, and you recreate that scene in your mind. How would you have liked to respond Instead of an in anger, what would you do differently? Maybe it's you take a big breath and you say, it's okay. Let's clean it up. Or maybe you say, why did you do that? And he says, I don't know. And you grab him by the hand and you get on his eye level and you say, please don't throw things at mommy's wall. Let's clean it up together. Feel the consciousness that happens when you recreate a scene in your mind. I really feel like this is a gift for ourselves, that we can go back in time, forgive where we fell short, and recreate that scene, recreate ourselves and our response. I do this a lot. And what's interesting is we rewire our brain. So in the future, when something else happens that you're prone to get angry about, you do something different because of your recreating that you've already done in the past. It helps you choose a different future in the moment. And so I have done this a lot. And what's interesting is the more you recreate scenes, the less you have to, because you start being the person you want to be because you wire it into your subconscious when you recreate a scene. This takes effort. It's not like it's going to happen overnight. And so this is what's interesting. Like, I think I've mentioned this before. If you were to watch me in my life, it doesn't look like I'm doing a ton of things, but it's because I'm doing the heavy lifting with my consciousness in my journal, in my own mind, while I walk, while I play with my kids. I'm recreating scenes because like I mentioned, our imagination, I'm also creating my future in my mind and creating myself based on what I think. This is really, really powerful. If you want conscious life mastery, you are always creating yourself every day. Who do you want to be? What's the greatest vision you have about yourself and how can you live into it today? What do you want? How do you act regardless of circumstances? And where you fall short, can you go back and recreate it in your own mind? Could you be kinder? Could you be more forgiving? Could you be more calm? And this isn't a judgment about how you've acted in the past. I think that's really important to say. When you recreate a scene in your mind, it's not because you're judging yourself. It's because you don't want that to be who you are. Because our actions are an expression of who we are being. And so when we act out of alignment with who we want to be, we have the chance to recreate it. And I think it's worth your time. I think it's a really powerful exercise. Number seven, this is going a little bit longer than I thought it would, and that's okay. Last one, I wrote, cultivate faith, believe in miracles, because there is greater power than you, whatever you believe in, God, the universe, source. Cultivating faith and believing in miracles happens when you tune into it, that there is a greater power than you. In the 12-step program, I like that they say, God of your own understanding. I think that applies here. The God that you understand and believe in has greater power than you because it created you. He created you. And so having faith and believing in miracles to me means turning over what's not your business. Byron Katie, another great author, her book Loving What Is will change your life. (laughs) But she says there's three kinds of business, right? There's my business, there's your business, and then there's God's business. And the only thing I need to focus on is my business, which is my thoughts, my words, and my actions. Everything else I let go of. And I think it's really helpful to think that God has your best interest at heart, that he's actively working on creating with you the life of your dreams. I really, really believe that. And if you don't, it's probably why you haven't received that divine help, because we have agency. God won't intervene more than we make room for, more than we believe in. And so I think there's a great book. See, told you I was going to be full of book references today called Infinite Possibilities by Mike Dooley. The other book that he wrote is called Leveraging the Universe, which I also love by Mike Dooley. Again, both of those books have helped me understand how when I can't see it working, God is working behind the scenes. God created the universe to literally deliver what you want based on universal laws, law of cause and effect, law of attraction. There's so many ways to explain it. There's two books that I love, Happier Than God, that teaches the law of attraction the way that I like to think about it, which is the law of attraction is a tool with two handles One in your hand and one in God's hand. Really, really useful to think about it that way. I mentioned Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend. Both of those books have really helped me understand what that actually means. When you have active faith, you can create whatever you want. I really, really believe that, especially when you do it in the spirit of service, where you're trying to make the world a better place. I think you are buoyed up. I think things happen beyond your understanding. I think things happen when you're not working. I think people are prepared to work with you. I believe that. (laughs) To me, that means you turn over the things that you can't control. Like making a client sign. You cannot make a client sign with you. You cannot make money come into your account. It takes a co-creative process, right? You have to deliver a service. They have to put their credit card in. They have to want it. And so I choose to believe that things are working in my favor, that people are being prepared, that God is working in ways that I can't see. And that's faith. And when I believe in miracles, when I activate my faith, things happen way smoother than if I'm trying to force something to happen. Like when you're trying to grit your teeth and make something happen, it doesn't work that way because we are working with other people and other people have their agency. So letting go and surrendering to their process, I see that as an inevitable part of what we do. The other book that I'll mention is Letting Go by David Hawkins, another great book. If you struggle with letting go, if you struggle with surrender because Let's face it, we all do sometimes, especially in business, where in the back of our minds, we know we can make something happen. Surrendering is letting go of the things that you can't make happen. The things that you have control over are recording podcasts, like I'm doing right now, publishing content, making invitations, having conversations, putting links out for people to buy, inviting people to buy. At the end of the day, you can't make anyone purchase from you as a business owner, and so that surrender, that trust that God is preparing people, that people are looking for you, this is where I teach people in their power, that God is preparing people to find you through other people, through divine intuition, I really believe that as well, that's where we let go. That surrender is a really powerful way of, ironically, creating a conscious life, right, by your design, is that's part of it, it involves other people, why not do it consciously, That is what i have for you so just to recap number one know what you want number two line up your thoughts and words as if what you want is done number three the gentle art of blessing bless other people like i said send people your highest most loving thoughts number four cultivate an abundant heart turn lack into overflow cultivate a spirit of gratitude number five understand and live the be do have paradigm who do you want to be is one of the most powerful questions number six that goes hand in hand with be do have is recreate yourself and your past Recreate yourself every day. You have the gift to do that. Who do you want to be? Who do you declare yourself to be? Number seven, cultivate faith, believe in miracles. There is a greater power than you working for you. This is the co-creative process. I mentioned a ton of books. Please feel free to message me if you have any questions about any of this. I love hearing from you and I love responding to your questions as well. I'm a manifesting generator if you study human design, so I love to respond. It's really helpful when I hear questions from you so I know what you guys want to hear from me. I feel like this podcast is definitely a co-creative process between you and I. So if you have questions or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. I hope you have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, I hope you loved and resonated with today's episode. If you did, I know you'd love to be a member of my community in The Matrix. It's where we combine business savvy with the inner work, where I help you build your business in a way that actually feels aligned to you and allows you to create the impact, money, and success you want. Find out more and join at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix. I'll see you inside.